It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone can afford to listen to Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. And my, oh my, what a crazy weekend it was in the National Football League. Capped off by that Monday night thriller, the highest scoring Monday night football game in history, the third highest scoring NFL game in history. The LA Rams outlast the Kansas City bleeping Chiefs by a final of 54 to 51. Mahomes throws six touchdowns in defeat. Jared Goff, apparently the next Michael Jordan of football, according to one screaming A. Smith. Unbelievable. That was the best game I've potentially ever seen. Unfortunately, the stakes weren't overly high. Had that been a playoff or a Super Bowl game, holy ball sack. Now it was a Monday night game. We haven't had a good Monday night game in what feels like over a decade. Now, unfortunately, Witten, Tessator, and Booger were on the call. Pat Mahomes throws out six touchdowns on Monday night football, breaks an NFL record, loses the football game. That's how you know you were witnessing one of the most incredible games ever, really. What will get lost in that is the fact that, yes, Pat Mahomes had six touchdowns, but he also had four turnovers. Two of them returned for touchdowns, two fumbles, two interceptions, and ultimately in a game that was, what, a four-point, three-point field goal difference? It was the ultimate Pat Mahomes game. Like, when he was coming out of Texas Tech, you're like, literally, he's got the opportunity to throw five touchdown passes. He also, by the same token, is just as likely to have four turnovers in the same game. And that's exactly what happened. That's what he did. But, geez, those two offenses, those two teams, man, if we got that rematch in Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta, Georgia, oh, we can really only go down from here. Georgia. I think the only other game that might be that could bring alive the amount of football sex that this game just gave us is somewhere down the line, I think Pittsburgh goes into New Orleans. And unless Pittsburgh throws up one of those random offensive performances, say against Jacksonville, where they just suck for three quarters, only score 16 points, uh, you know, that game should be lights out, potential to be 50-something to 50-something. But last night was everything I wanted it to be, everything we all wanted it to be. We've been looking forward to that game for forever. And the refs... We're trying to do the super team of refs, by the way, that they put together for this game. Supposedly, like, the best ref at each one of their little positions on the field came together and forged a super ref team Why? for this game tonight. What up with that? Well, and they did it. It was a nightmare. There was flag. All I saw was flags. The first five minutes of the game felt like an hour because it was just flag, 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 flag. Oh, my God. And it was supposed to be the best refs in the league. It's the, it's, the, it's the all-star refs. It's the pro bowler refs. And these guys were doing everything in their power to blow the game. But it was it was just the best game I've ever seen. Even they awesome. couldn't screw it up. No, it was awesome, man. I mean, it was it was just a seesaw battle. One team seems like maybe the Rams are just going to rout the Chiefs. The not-so-fast, here come the Chiefs. Defensive score. Another defensive score. Oh, wait, here's another defensive score. Just when the defenses looked like crap, like, oh, man, this is bad. The defenses said, no, we can play football. We can score, too. Just because you're scoring on us doesn't mean we're that bad. We can score. We're into the party. We're here. Exactly. As soon as you thought you're watching the two worst defenses you've ever seen play football, uh, they both end up with, well, the Rams had multiple defensive touchdowns and multiple turnovers, Chiefs multiple turnovers. 
And goodness gracious, man, that is just, <sighs> I'm so thankful. You know, my, I wish we could get that every week. My favorite part of that game was probably fourth quarter. Goff throws an out, probably trying to force it to Cooks, because I think the next play he came back and, and did throw a beautiful ball to Cooks for a nice chunk. But the first time he tries it, it should have been intercepted by one Orlando bleeping Scandrick, and he flat out just oh, drops it. That, that could have been one of those game enders. That yeah. could have been a dagger play. Well, you think that the Peters interception then would have been the dagger. Yeah. Instead, the Rams come out and throw, 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 stop the clock, stop the clock, stop the clock. So the Chiefs do indeed. Why give it to Gurley? Why do you not give it to Gurley? I felt like there were multiple times, and they won the football game, and they scored a bunch of points. So I guess they knew what they were doing. McVeigh, I mean, come on. I'm not going to question McVeigh. Never question McVeigh. Not to mention he's extremely good looking, but I'll never question McVay. But I would say, as a fan of the Rams, if you are one, like you got to be wondering. And Gurley still had ninety four scrimmage yards, so it's not like the dude didn't touch the ball. But he, I still don't think he touched it enough. No, no, the first half he was almost non existent. I asked at one point, I turned over to my dad, we're sitting there watching the game. I was like, "Where's Gurley?" Because I hadn't seen him really touch the ball much, and I see number thirty four, Malcolm Brown, who, by the way, I had no idea was still in the NFL. He's actually a hell of a player. Uh, they're they're giving him the ball in the, the, in the first half instead of Gurley. Uh, so I don't know what the deal was with that. I don't know if I, I. I mean, good God, I have no idea what was happening there. But he didn't get it. Not only at the end of the game did he not get the ball enough. When you, it seems like, hey, dude, you're trying to just take the air out of the freaking ball, run it out, get the clock. Let's let's go, let's end this thing. And they didn't do it in all game. They kind of didn't really get it to Gurley. So I don't know what the deal was with that, but it was certainly interesting. Okay, another game other than that, Monday Night Football. Wait, there were more games? There were more games. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Uh, there was something that happened in Detroit with the Carolina Panthers going into Detroit. They they go ahead and... They looked so badass in those all blacks. Dude. Oh, yeah. Those oh, unis were sick. Oh, my God. They looked I like the Lions all grays, too. I thought both were pretty slick. It, it definitely looked good. I think the Lions were the all gray against the Cowboys. They did. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of off-putting because the Cowboys didn't. Yeah, it kind of looked all the white. same. Exactly. It was too much white, too much light gray. But when the Panthers stroll out there and they're all blacks, and then you go against that baby gray, oh, my God. Was it sweet. was so sexy. McCaffrey and Cam. Yeah. Wow. It was sweet. So McCaffrey and Cam, you know, they go all right down the field, score a touchdown. I think, okay, tie the game, go to overtime. Well, instead, because this is the new thing, Ron Rivera, old gambling Ron. Riverboat? Yeah. Says, uh, okay, we're going to go for two, we're going to go for the win. Let's not forget, their kicker, Gano, I think, had missed at least one, if not two extra points in that game. That's fair. That's fair. But instead of playing for the win, when in my opinion, they're the or better the tie, team. tie, you mean, right? Or the tie. They go ahead and play for the win. Uh, and they don't get the two-point conversion. They lose. 20-19. to 19. So, it sounds like you don't really... You think that they should have... They, they made the right decision. Just go for the win there, whatever. It is what it is. Your kicker sucks. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go all out that way. I don't have all the analytic numbers to know what the percentages are for each individual team. I know for a lot of teams, it's kind of a 50-50 toss-up every time if you're going to make the two-point conversion. So, you know, 50-50 chance you make it, I don't necessarily blame you. And if you don't totally trust your kicker, I really don't blame you. And when you got Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, two of the best red zone guys in the league, goal line guys in the league, I don't necessarily blame you for doing what they did. I can't remember what they called, what the actual play they ran. Uh, but it, it was a pass that ended up being 
like oh was it about Cam Newton? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy ended up being open actually, but Cam yeah, actually Cam just, just missed the throw. But he was under duress. I mean, that was yeah. kind of the thing. Anytime that I saw the Panthers in the red zone in that game, they were struggling. I feel like Detroit would stop them more often than not. Yeah, well, they only put up 20, you know, 19, and it was a struggle. I mean, they had 13 points or something for most of that game. So credit Detroit. I mean, they played well defensively, but I don't know. In my opinion, I just think Carolina is the better football team. And if I feel like I'm the better team, I'll kick the field goal in that scenario. Hopefully you make it, the PAT, and play for overtime. And I like my chances the longer the game continues of being able to beat the Lions. But... Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, I, I do like the aggressive mentality. It's just not a kind of decision. If that were the Cowboys in that situation, I'd have said, like, guys, can we please just kick the PAT and keep on playing? But it is what it is. The no, other- I hear you. It's the same thing Vrabel did in uh, in Europe a couple of weeks ago, you know, where it's like you, you want to go for the win. I respect the aggression. Um, and when you have that kind of team, I, I, when you have the Panthers, you got Cam, like I said, I, I, I don't I don't. I don't blame you for going for it there. I guess the play call, uh, I mean, Cam still has the option to run it in even if it's a pass. But the reason he's so good in the goal line is if you just keep quarterback keeper and that big 6'6", 250, just plunge his way into the end zone. And that's what I'm telling him. I'm like, listen, if we draw up a pass play here, that's fine. But just know if you see an option, just tuck it and run. I mean, I like the two-way option there. Either way, it didn't work out. Fat Patricia and the Lions get the win. And it's a beautiful time to be a Detroit Lion. And, hey, now the Panthers, who two weeks ago we were very high on, the whole world's high on them. Holy crap. Cam's having his MVP-type season again. The Panthers are back, baby. And then they get smacked on Natty Television against Pittsburgh. And then they show up and lay an egg against the Lions. I mean, that's two weeks in a row now. The Panthers uh, Panthers are stumbling, and the NFC playoff picture is just holy ball sack. Yeah, it's pretty crazy right now. I think looking at the Panthers' schedule... Uh, it's there's no easy and there's no gimme games in the NFL these days. No, never have been. But at least for Cam Newton purposes, he he does have some favorable matchups down the stretch. Does he get an Oakland or, a, or, he, or Arizona? Maybe. Yeah, I think, that'd be nice. I think they've got a New Orleans mixed in there, maybe Ooh. or some divisional games. Atlanta, Ooh. Atlanta usually plays well against the Falcons. They get a Buffalo Bills action in there. <laughs> I don't think they get the Bills. Damn. But hey. You're just dying to see the Bills, the, the Cardinals, the, Bills the Raiders show up. isn't that bad, but the Raiders and Cardinals give me that all day long. Another team that I I feel like I thought that they were good was the San Diego. Well, no longer the San Diego, but the L.A. Chargers. I'm going to be honest with you. I truly think, now that we're almost two full years into this, I think we're going to make that San Diego mistake for at least the next decade. Every time it happens, I think to myself... San Diego Superchargers. And I think of Chris Berman yes. and his beautiful fat face. Yes, my God, it's beautiful. Bald, half bald head. And I get angry because why in the hell do we need two LA teams when they don't even come out and support either of them? And they've got two good football teams. Like, bleep these guys. I know. LA schmucks, these rich, boozy beaches. Yeah, it is a joke. It is a joke. You send them to LA where they got a thousand pro teams already that only, you know, 10% of the population even gives a rip about and uh and it's it's a road game every time the chargers play you know which is nice whenever they actually have to play a road game they're really they're ready for it but gosh that's a shame you show up to your home crowd and it's not really a home crowd you see a couple powder blue jerseys what's up boys the same guys that were here last week 
and you move on. Philip Rivers is thinking, why am I driving all the way for this? God, why am I practically going to have to be playing on the road here when this I'm down awful. by five with 35 seconds left and no timeouts, Philip? So they lose to the Case Keenums of the Broncos, and by golly, like Case Keenum is not good. I have Emmanuel Sanders on a fantasy team, so this is why uh, I kind of pay attention to See, their, I have their offense. Lindsay and he, I love Case Keenum. Lindsay had a good game. Well, <laughs> he doesn't, I mean, it, it, Case Keenum has no effect on Philip Lindsay. The hands of the football doesn't well, no, matter. When, no, when Case sucks, but if you are, the ball. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, Case always sucks. <laughs> I know. Like, he hasn't been good at That's all this year. Philip. He hasn't been good at all. And I, even when Emmanuel Sanders was having good games, it's like a screen pass. It was not because of Case Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum, that might be the best decision. Even though the Minnesota Vikings are still struggling as well, and that was another great game, the Bears, their defense looked awesome. The Bears seem like, look, I I said a couple weeks ago, I thought the Bears would come back to earth a little bit. You'd see the Vikings make a surge. I think I'm wrong. I think the Bears are here to stay. I think the Trubiskys might win that freaking division now that the Packers have lost. They beat the Vikings. I mean, that was really the game. They were right there neck and neck. Vikings have a chance. 5-3-1, 6-3. Five, three and one, six and three. Bears really manhandled them. I know the score looked close at the end because the Vikings made a little bit of a push in the fourth. Yeah, it wasn't close. That wasn't a close game. No, no, no. Bears dominated them the, the, at the line of scrimmage defensively. The Bears absolutely dominated, and then Nagy and that offense. You know, Trubisky is just good enough. You know, when you when you when you when you can scheme things open the way Nagy does, I didn't even realize this. Nagy was under Andy Reid yeah. for a decade. Him so, and Doug and you, Peterson, right? Yeah, and you can see it, man. When you're watching that Chicago offense, you can see, oh yeah, I, I do feel like I'm watching Kansas City right now. And and Trubisky, his his threat to be able to run the ball uh, from the quarterback position is huge. That had that had the Vikings defense, which is a hell of a defense. Just is it to, just? It is. Because Are we continuing to overrate the Vikings defense? Because they haven't, to me, had any performance this year where I was like, that's the Vikings defense. It's really good. The Vikings have been up and down, no question, uh, but mostly offensively. Their defense has actually been pretty good. Uh, they, I know they started off the season a little bit slow, but they got they got Everson Griffin back, and they got some guys, and then boom, they've been playing, at least over the last hand month of the season, they were playing well. And last night, it wasn't that they played terribly. I mean, they only had given up 14 points to Chicago for most of that game. Uh, But you could tell Nagy knows what the hell he's doing. And when Trubisky has that threat to run, man, that was what was killing the Vikings defense last night. And now the Bears are in the driver's seat in that division. You've already beaten uh, the Packers. Or no, 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 you lost to the Packers. Excuse me. Lost to the Packers because Aaron Rodgers pulled that out of his freaking rabbit out of his head week one. But the Packers are pretty much doomed now. And then you beat the Vikings. They're struggling. And the Lions are so up and down with Fat Patricia. We don't know what's going on. I mean, the Sh- Chicago's got to just be feeling incredible right now. They've got to be feeling really good. And things are following in place for them. And Trubisky, yeah, his best asset are those legs, man. Yeah. This guy can run the football. He really can. He's fast as hell. He's good. And I was wondering, it gets a little colder. Will that offense keep producing? Anthony Miller's starting to step up, my guy, Anthony. Oh yeah, Miller. you are. You've always been an Anthony Miller. He's guy. playing pretty Early well Early in the draft process. Yeah, and when you got a defense like that, the way Mac and Floyd and Smith and Hicks are all playing, dude. I mean, they couldn't do any. They, Vikings can't do anything, and it all starts with their offensive line. And Chicago just dominated them. Maybe the most tragic yet disgusting thing that happened on Sunday: uh, the Alex Smith injury. The thing that makes this oh! even worse, and yeah, that's the right reaction. Is the just ironic, creepy, strange fact that it was 33 years to the day of the anniversary that Joe Thiesman, a.k.a. Thiesman, had his leg broken by LT. 
Yeah. Is that not just this the weirdest thing? November 18th. What the hell? And by the way, courtesy of the oldest man walking the earth, Mr. Gil Brandt, his Twitter account tweeted this out too. During that game against uh, for Joe Theismann, it was the same score as the game this week. It was 23-21. to 21. So it was the same day. It was the same score. They injured the right leg. They did the same thing, tibia and fibula. They were both injured on the third sack of the game. And get this, Romeo Crennel was on the sidelines for both games. Wow. Poor Ro- So Romeo's clearly right, the Romeo's problem fault. Here. It's the same thing with all these leg injuries in basketball, the Gordon Hayward, the Paul George, and then we just had another guy who did the same thing. I can't remember who it was. Derrick Rose was on the floor for every single one of those injuries. Was he really? Derrick Rose is mm. the problem. Romeo Crennel is the problem. Mm. We must eradicate it now. And then the final game before we get to the good stuff. Well, I think we should mention the fact that Washington also lost that game. And now they're rolling out there a Colt McCoy downsy face. What? I said downsy. I may have meant uh, autistic. <laughs> okay, great clarification. Yeah. Thank you. No, for I, don't, I don't want to be Thank disrespectful. No, he's no, always had not. that. He's always had that sort of look, that sort of sedated look to his face. That's all. Okay. That's all I meant. But he actually came out there the other day and he slung that bitch he's around. really not a bad quarterback. He wasn't the reason why they lost. He's all-time winning his quarterback at the University of Texas. Yeah. No, he's not a bad backup quarterback to have. No. He's like, beating the when Cowboys I think, already. When I think his of Texas Longhorn quarterbacks, the first one that comes to mind is Colt McCoy. No doubt. No and doubt. I, there's honestly not another one that even comes to mind. It's like, Colt McCoy, it's like a Colt McCoy, then there's a huge gap, and then I don't even know who number two is. Nobody. Do you put, do you put uh, you know, one of these uh, Ellingers in there? I there's don't even know. Multiple? Who's been the last? I don't even know. Who was before Ellinger? Who was before? The Bushel? McCoy. I don't even, it's just been, I feel like it's just always been Colt McCoy. Forever. Forever. Colt McCoy forever. McCoy forever. And now McCoy gets to show up and play Dallas, which I guess, is, I mean, it's a good thing, obviously. You Vince rather, fucking Young! Vincent fucking Young! That's That the was the guy. Yeah. That's the that's guy. That's the one. Good call. Oh, man. Holy it just God. God, it, like, you. it burst in my mind. I just had to blurt it. I could tell. Gosh. You it, got really excited there. <laughs> I was like... For I, good reason. It I just mean, came to me. I don't know how I forgot that one. He was a decent player. He was. He was okay. He was great in college. Sucked in the pros. Mentally disabled. Suicide I, I mean, doors. Men, what? Let's not. Let's just. I'm talking exit. about his car. Let's not. This is not the time for okay. that word. Yeah. There's right, some sensitive go things going oh, on. Actually, actually, that's a fair very point. local. That's a fair point. Very local thing. <laughs> Even though it was. Just, I mean, it's a great car. That's all. It is a great car. It, it is a great car. Looked cool. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um. So it's. <laughs> I am so sorry. Excuse me. Woo! I don't know even what happened. All of a sudden, you just started choking. I don't even see the vape around you. I don't. You're not even vaping. No, I really did just start like coughing on myself. I came out of nowhere. I don't know what happened. I had like a tickle that I couldn't get rid of. I'm sorry. Uh, Al- so Alex Smith. Uh, we were Colt McCoy. I don't know. What about Jay Gruden? Picture, picture. Jay now. Oh, has fallen apart. Grudes? I mean, his team's their offensive lines a, sh- a muck. Well, they're 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 depleted. They're very they've gotten depleted. injured. More guys. Their get offense injured. is gone. I mean, literally, it's Adrian Peterson or bust. Yeah, and that's a problem in 2018. Yeah, if this is 07. You're thinking, hey, oh yeah, ten God. years ago, I'm like, geez, I got a chance here. I'm gonna we, 
win this division. One of the best teams in the NFC East. MVP candidate on my team. Now, the the thing is, and the, and the best news for everybody here, Washington included, Colt McCoy included, uh, you know, somebody's got to win the division. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like, somebody better? has to. You know what's better than that? What? You know what's the best? What's better than the best one? I think Thanksgiving. You're talking about the turkey? And the Redskins this year are playing on Thanksgiving again against none other than my Dallas Cowboys, which means... Jay Gruden's going to be there. Jay Gruden's going to be partaking in my Thanksgiving. So maybe we can all share a big giant fork together. A big giant go back in time. Thank you, Jay Gruden. But some of the best sound this show's ever found. My favorite audio that we've ever played in the history of Nosebleed Seats podcast. Really? Which says a lot. Good God. That, I mean, some, even over the heavy back squats? The heavy back squats was great. And those two dudes that kept on going to the California Oh, yeah. Court, Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. And his boy. Man, that was good audio. But this audio is by far my favorite that we've ever played. And it's Jay Gruden just basically summing up what is so great about Thanksgiving. My favorite thing is getting a fork, getting a piece of bread, getting a piece of turkey, some gravy, some mashed potatoes, some corn, some sweet potatoes, some green beans, putting them all on the same fork and taking a bite, mixing them all up together. That's the best. That's the best. That's the best, man. It's the fork. You get the bread. You get the I potatoes. Guess- the sweet potatoes. The, the turkey, the turkey, the turkey, the, the green gravy, beans. and the green beans. The it's, the, it's like it's the biggest fork. I mean, good God, he takes everything. How can your fork even have that much in one? How can you even do that? I could get maybe all of those things in that order, even. But the bread throws it off. Yeah. The first thing he says is, "Get a piece of bread and a fork." Getting a fork, getting a piece of bread. Well, what's happening? If he describes that we're going to then use the fork to stuff the bread with all of these delicious items. Getting a piece of turkey, some gravy, some mashed potatoes, some corn. And it's like a little roll. Yeah. Sort of and sandwich do that. I've seen that done and it's delicious. Just basically a Thanksgiving sandwich. But no, he says put all of these things on the fork. Some sweet potatoes. Just at, for a bite. Man. At the same time, man. Just one single bite. That's man. the bust. Some green beans, putting them all on the same fork and taking a bite. Mixing them all up together. That's the best. So I'm assuming that means bread included. In which case, we have a severe overcalculation in weight distribution on said fork. There's no way I don't think this fork can happen. That's the best. No I, way. I don't see how this fork happens. And and I wish we could get Jay on the show. And maybe he will. He'll be, he'll be at AT&T. Obviously, we'll be at AT&T covering the game. Maybe we can get a chance to catch up with, with Coach Gruden and talk to him about this and see... Was he just having a blackout Thanksgiving moment? You know what I'm saying? Where, where we've all been there. You know, when I start thinking about Thanksgiving, uh, you know, I can get overzealous too when I think about all the food that I'm going to ingest. Uh, but if he pulls it off, you know, picks or it didn't happen sort of deal. I kind of want to see it. You know what I think happened? And we've all been there is you get all these delicious items like you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's in front of you. Yeah. You put it all on the fork. Mm-hmm. You stuff it in your mouth. Of course. Then you look down and you realize, crap. I left the roll on the plate. What the hell? Now I got to take a bite out the roll. But do you take do you take the fork and you put it in the in the in the bread? I think I, I usually just take the bread right there with the, with the hands. Exactly. Like a like a cave. That's it, man. That's like it. Like a football. Like I'm gonna football take the bread. Would, I'm gonna put it straight in my mouth. Like I'm a football chew player. Chew it, man. 
Like a Gruden should. And then the forks, the bust. The bust. So I'm so thrilled that Jay Gruden and the Redskins are going to be in Dallas. On the big day. They a have Jay's, on Thanksgiving. Jay's going to be a happy camper no matter what, I think. Man, oh man, it's going to be a glorious Thanksgiving. First place in the NFC East is on the line because my Dallas mother Cowboys. Wait, 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 wait. Are we about to dip into something crazy here? I'm always down to get a little crazy. We'll say the magic words. I think it's time for a little bit of Cowboys conversation. Excellent! Boy! They come on out with the victory, the win, 22-19, Brett Maher boots through the game, winner as the clock hits zero and the Cowboys have won back-to-back games. Not only that, they've won back-to-back games on the road and they've got the best mother linebacker in football, baby, and his name's Leighton Van Der Esch. Coming for you, Redskins. We're coming for that number one. Survive. Hold up. 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 Hold Hey, the Cowboys going to win three in a row. They're going to be six and freaking five. First place in the NFC East. Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, a new offensive line with Xavier Suafilo at guard. They're going all the way to the championship. Woo! <laughs> I wish... I wish all the nosebleeders could see the way you are gyrating right now. You say all those names. Holy God. You just painted the bleeping walls in here, you dirty bastard. Holy smokes. It's a Cowboys victory week. Is it ever? Oh, boy. My God. I don't think anything else needs to be said. I mean, I think I can drop the mic after that monologue, baby. I mean, it feels incredible. Uh, I know you are on cloud nine. You storm into Atlanta, the site of the disaster. Da- I mean, the ghost of Dax passed upon him. He goes into the house of doom, and he does what he needs to do. Now, you mentioned Maher. He won the game. He also missed a field goal for the fourth time in four games. But he did enough. Dak did enough. Van Der Esch might be the best football player I've ever seen. And I only I could only imagine how good he'd be without that neck roll. Oh, he, he, you gotta he wouldn't think be as have, good. You got to think he'd have more than the couple interceptions and more than the thousand tackles. I think the neck roll makes it. 
I think the neck roll is who he is. No one's ever needed a neck roll less. The guy's got a built-in neck. Have you seen his neck? You darn right, I've seen all that these thing. all these mug shots of him are going around, Whoa. and you can see his neck. His neck is beautiful. Holy God! That's why he needs a brace to protect it. It's his money maker. The only neck I've ever seen like it, honestly. And I would love to do a just a a Google this segment where we're just looking at his neck and Paul Puzzlezny's neck and just dissecting the girth in which both of those guys have huge jaws and faces and their neck still sticks out wider. They look like it's like a Frankenstein situation. <laughs> Unbelievable. I when think he's really a think little more it. proportionate at least. He's, he's got a long neck. It's incredibly long, but the girth on that thing is astonishing. He's a big mother Holy dude, man. Leap, he's a dude. big dude. No one's ever needed a neck brace less than that guy. He's gorgeous. The play he made where he tackled, where he, he rides Jordan Matthew. All the way down, or whatever the hell his name is. It's Matthews. Matthews. The rather famous name in yeah, which NFL history. Is it Jordan Matthews? It, it's Jordan. No, Jake. It's Jake. Jake Matthews, yeah. Jordan Matthews Thanks is a wide receiver. Yeah, Jordan Matthews, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake the is the son of Bruce. Yeah, and he's the, he's the tackle, and he gets on Van Der Esch, and he stretches out. He rides. Van Der Esch rides Matthews out about eight yards all the way down to the numbers tackles Matthews while also tackling the ball carrier. He's the only guy who read the play right. He's the only guy over there. It would have been at least a 15-yard gain. He tackles the lineman and the running back, and oh my God, I fell in love in that moment. He is brilliant, and I think it was just a showcase with Calvin Ridley on the field at the same time. Ridley <laughs> drops the ball. Van Der Esch gets the pick. Yeah, it was be- it was storybook. You're just like, okay, I think the Cowboys did the right thing here, at least for a season. They did the right thing. No, I think. Yeah, no, we'll forever. check back in next year and we'll see because maybe they screwed up. No, they maybe didn't. they made the biggest franchise mistake. I think they made one of the greatest since picks Romo, probably in the franchise's history. And by Romo, I mean letting him walk. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was a tough one. That was a just a tearjerker. That still stinks. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. It never will. It always hurts. I love you, nine. I'm. I'm hurting now. But the team itself Holy God. is playing with you a lot guys. of confidence right now. That defense, dude, like, yes, the offense is, still has its moments. It's like but a, they're doing enough to win football games. Dak in the clutch plays his best football. Like, if there's one thing about Dak Prescott, he can be absolutely disgusting for 55 minutes of a game. But if he's got a chance to win it at the end, that dude will find a way to at least give you a shot. He'll give you a shot. And nine times out of ten, he'll get you the win. He's got that it clutch gene. And we look, we saw it from the moment he came in in his rookie season. Now, the offense wants to be a little overzealous ever since then. And he does still, you know, more so than his his, uh, faults as a passer, he he really does hold on to the football way too long. Like, the guy needs to just throw the football away. I don't know what he's doing sometimes. Two sacks that he took yesterday, at least. And when you go back and you look at the fact that he had 16 going into the game, the second, I think, or the third most sacked quarterback in football this year, and the offensive line's not that bad. I mean, I, I get I get that you had some struggles at points this season, but it's not like the offensive line's that bad. Thanks to one move and one move only. It's really, it's really more so on the quarterback there. He's got to do a better job of, one, just working the entire pocket. 
you know, he's not, he, he doesn't have great pocket awareness and he's not a pocket passer. He's best on the move on the outside. And they're doing a better job of playing to his skill set. But anytime he does get caught having to play within the pocket, that's the way to beat the Cowboys. That's the way to beat Dak Prescott. It's not really rocket science. You want to force, you want to shut down Zeke in the run game. And you want to force Dak Prescott to beat you from playing within the pocket. If you can do that, the Cowboys are going to struggle offensively most of the time. But in this game, at the end, Dak made some clutch throws. And Zeke, I mean, my golly. When Zeke struggles, I'll be the first person to point it out because that dude does not deserve a free pass. But these last two games, he has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, it's amazing what happens when you actually open up holes for a guy and you actually, you know, get a guy out in space and scheme him up to where he can catch a ball and go for 40. You know, when you're doing things like that and the offense is moving, goodness gracious, he looks unbelievable. I don't think even when he struggles most of the time, and I feel this way about most of these running backs, man, if you just opened up the damn hole nine times out of ten, unless you're uh, Trent Richardson, you're going to run through the hole. Oh, okay. I get where you're going there. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't disagree with you one bit there. Yesterday, though, one of those sites, those PFTs, those PFFs, Came out and uh, it was something like Zeke had the most forced missed tackles by himself than any other player in football this year. I think it was nine in the game. So Zeke was definitely making a lot of people miss and getting a lot of yards after contact. I mean, the thing that I've always liked the most about Ezekiel Elliott is the fact that even when somebody contacts him and he's getting tackled, he finds a way to still grind out two or three more yards. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what makes Zeke elite. But I will say... And he did have that nice long 37, I think it was, touchdown run. But uh, I'm still waiting for him to break one of those screens. Like, they had that screen set up to the right side. Safety made a good play, took a good angle, forced him out of bounds. But they've broken a lot of those for big plays. They just haven't quite gone for the score yet. That you saw happen last year in the San Francisco game, in his rookie season against Pittsburgh for the touchdown. That play will work once a game. That little slip screen to the right to Zeke. They get it blocked well. They've got guys like Looney and Collins that will run their ass off down there. And Zach Martin. And Suofilo. And Suofilo. Mm. Suofilo. God, that son of a bitch. Gosh, isn't it nice to see just a big fat gut over there on the left side? Yes. I do enjoy it. It has less to do, I think it has less to do with him and more to do with just who is not there. I still just think that guy has talent within him to be a good football player and you just don't like him because you don't like him as the individual well it's just the it's the I think he's got talent but it's tough when you have to overcome all the things in the NFL and you add the fact that you have chronic vaginitis on top of that it's like dude how do you expect this guy to be a stud why do you say the vaginitis what did I say why why do you think he has that Cause it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's he's just a little bit of a you already know, and I'm not gonna say because it, it makes you upset every time I say it. You get upset, but I I want to know why you think that because he's got he carries himself in such a way, and we know we got bullied as a kid, and I think that he's got that kind of personality, and I think he's sort of a, I think he's sort of a beta at heart, and as soon as one of these NFL nose guards gets their hands on him every week, he just sort of mm, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm going to probably get pushed around today. And he just, he, he, he submits. He's a submissive. He's a submissive. That's exactly right. Okay. Well, besides that, 
I'm very excited about the Cowboys right now and this defense. You should be. Really, we talked. I just talked a lot about the offense, but the defense is the story here. We opened up with Van Der Esch, how elite he's playing, but Demarcus Lawrence is a freaking boss. They've got all kinds of injuries up and down that defensive line and still managed to get a, a good amount of pressure on Matt Ryan. The DBs, Byron Jones is playing outstanding, and if Cheeto Awuzie would ever just get his head turned around, he'd be a pretty darn good corner too. Byron Jones was targeted six times and allowed two catches for 22 yards. Unreal. And on one one of the plays, which I think was a Demarcus Lawrence sack, where they were uh, Atlanta was in Dallas territory, um, not too, too far from the end zone, probably around the 30 or 40-yard line. I think Lawrence gets the sack, and great on him, but the coverage was great, and Ryan wanted to get it deep to Jones, but... Byron Nelson was just blank, or Byron Nelson. Byron Jones was just absolutely blanketing him, and he couldn't, and it gave DeMarcus just enough time to go rail Matt Ryan. Byron Jones has been playing incredible this year. It's unbelievable, really. I mean, I never in my wildest dreams would have expected this. I know that he, on paper, everyone said that he fits perfectly into this Chris Richard scheme, but man, like the dude has just been... Like, I don't know how you go from being a very average safety in the league for two years in a row and being a pretty good corner his rookie year. He's pretty good his rookie season. But then they switch him over to safety. He's pretty average. I'm really kind of not liking the guy. I'm thinking the, the pick's not worth it. You really it. didn't like him. You were like, I mean, was off I wrong? The air, like, off the air, even just behind closed doors, you were always just like, kind of like bleep you, Byron. He's not good. He just wasn't good at safety. No, he wasn't. He just looked like he. That's Didn't, on the coaches, though, man. It is. It's so, It's not on him. Not at all. It's not on him. It's not on him. It's not his fault. He was put in a poor position. And I, I think Connor Williams is in a similar situation right now, too. The guy's clearly not a guard. He's undersized. He can't play guard. He's got quick feet. Play him outside at tackle or try him out at center. That's what he needs to play down the road. Now, they yeah, found... Yeah, because he can't be a p- and play guard. They, f- they found where Byron Jones should, be, should have been playing his entire career. And it's just mind-blowing to me how great... He is at cornerback this season, and it's just all come together. I think he was able to learn a lot, see a lot. He understands the game. He's always been an extremely intelligent, athletic player, and it's all coming together now, playing the position that he's most naturally fit at, at corner. And it's awesome to see. And this defense, I mean, to go on the road and to hold that Falcons offense to a single touchdown when they'd been averaging, I mean, just ridiculous numbers at home in that dome – it makes me think that while I still know, I mean, I'm not completely delusional. Yeah, to think that the Saints aren't a much better football team than the Cowboys are. And look, the Cowboys need to focus on beating the Redskins on Thanksgiving. But I can go ahead and look ahead. They should beat the Redskins on Thanksgiving. If they don't, then okay, fine, come back to me. This team sucks. But it, when they beat the Redskins on oh, Thanksgiving. I like it. Put and they're 6-5. and five, the on it. And they're in first place in the NFC East. And it sets up a game against the Saints, who have won nine in a row. Thursday night, right? Just destroyed the Eagles. Yes, but oh, the, the good thing time. is for the Cowboys is it's a home game. And y'all have a full week and they're on a short week. No, they're also on a full week. Oh, because they play, because oh, they play the, right. third, the Thanksgiving oh. night cap against the Falcons. Gosh, good So the, the NFL has done that now the last two seasons. So last year... The Cowboys played the Redskins the week after Thanksgiving at home. Gotcha. And the Redskins played the nightcap against the Giants that night. So the NFL has at least tried to do that where they'll put two teams that played on Thanksgiving against each other for that Thursday nighter if possible. Smart, smart. Which is smart. 
but you still get the benefit of the 10-day break Later. then heading into December. Yeah. So the Which Cowboys, is even better, honestly. You know, the Cowboys are in a position where, well, that Thursday night game, I guess, would be, I th- would, would it be at the end of November? I think it would be, right? Would, uh, would that still technically fall in uh, November? Be technically would that be December, the first game of December? I think that'd probably first be game December. December. That's my guess. Uh, well, actually, no, 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 because Thanksgiving is early this year. So, yeah, that would we be the look. 29th. It'll be the 29th. Yeah, so. But who, got, who, who even cares? Yeah, right. It'll be the 29th. You're right. But exactly. You've got an opportunity to have won three in a row. You get the Saints coming in at home. And the Cowboys have had success historically against the Saints in those kind of situations. They ruined their perfect season in New Orleans the year they won the Super Bowl. The Cowboys got red hot. Uh, I mean, so on paper, 100%, the Saints are a better football team this year than the Cowboys. But the way this defense is playing and the confidence and the momentum that they'll have built, having won three in a row, especially if they play well on Thanksgiving against the Redskins, it sets up for an enticing matchup. That's what scares me right now is because we're talking about the Saints. Yeah, they. I mean, I just... I just that freaks me out, though. I just prefix. No, I know. You know. No, I know. But I just think, you know, I think Jerry's doing the same thing. The important thing is... I think Red Jay's doing the same thing. I don't think the team thing. is. I don't think the team is. Yeah. Because it's a Thanksgiving game. You always get up to play Thanksgiving. Always. I mean, Jay Gruden does, but I can't speak for the rest of these guys. You don't think so? I mean, man, this is the kind of game that they gaff, right? When they when they should totally, absolutely win this game on Thanksgiving. When they got the they got the world at their feet. I mean, this is not the kind of game you want to overlook. No, it's not. And the I'm kind sitting of game you here overlook. and I'm overlooking it. And but there's what, just so much on the me. line for this one. It's on Thanksgiving. There's first place in the NFC East. The Redskins have beaten you already. Colt McCoy. As players, I don't think they're overlooking it. As fans, it's a different story. So how, so what's your? what do you envision here? Do you envision a close game? Yeah, it always is. Okay. When the Redskins and Cowboys meet, usually. It's, it's usually but always with, a But at the game. end of the day, 23-16 Cowboys? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think that ultimately Colt McCoy with this defense will turn the football over at least once. Might end up being for a score. I think the defense will make a play. And if the defense has been able to hold some of these offenses that they've played, like the Atlantas and the Philadelphias the last two weeks. Oh, you're getting a pick. Vander Esch is playing, right? If the if the Redskins score more than 20 points, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah, and I'd be sick. So I think the Cowboys will be fine. I think this is a game where... They missed opportunities in the first Washington game. I think they'll see that. They'll come back, and Amari Cooper might have his best day as a pro, as a as a cowboy. What's your Mar confidence meter? My what? My Mar? Maher? Maher? Yeah. Uh, I'd say seven out of ten. Okay, passing grade, but but do better. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the struggles the rest of the league's had, he's been okay. He's been all right. It's not like Dan Bailey's been awesome with the Vikings. Are the Cowboys going to be wearing some throwbacks this week? Good question. The classics, because you know what I'm talking about. The throwback classics. Well, they no are longer fired. can wear the throwback classics due to what? The, yeah, it's the helmet. I think. I think it's the helmet. The all white one. Yeah, I think the helmet with the blue star. Uh, there's something with the NFL rules or something that it doesn't. It's not acceptable anymore. They can't wear that. So that's what scratched the throwbacks. Holy hell! Yeah, which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate because I I enjoyed that as well when they were when they were doing that. I even liked it when the Lions would do it. Then they should do some all blue color rush or something. How dope would that be if they show up with the blue jersey and the blue pants? Well, I think that the all white is better. sort of. Uh, well, the all white's cool, and they but they've done it before. I like it, especially if they do, do the shoulders you like the '94 team. 
Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. I never know what they're doing. I don't ever pay too much attention to what's going to happen uniform-wise. I'm not. I'm just not super into the dark blues. Well, I think the Redskins also have pretty legit throwbacks as well. So I'm interested to see what they throw out there. Like for the Redskins and Cowboys, I want Cowboys in their whites, and I want the Redskins in their maroons. Now, if they do throwbacks, that's fine with me. But just make sure their bases are maroon still those. and white. I want that color to crash. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I respect it. Listen, you're the cowboy in here. I'm just that's just how I feel about following it. your lead. You know, that's just how I feel. And the icy whites are great. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Like they they wore against Minnesota two years ago. And truth is, I haven't gotten to see Vander Esch or Amari Cooper in those. I think they'll look extremely hot. I don't see why they wouldn't. I'm excited. I hope the Cowboys come out and do what they should and continue to roll, man. I I hope that this is a very successful Thanksgiving. I believe it will be. And we'll be talking about the uh, first place NFC Dallas Cowboys next week. And before we get out of here, I know you mentioned that Jay Gruden sound was your favorite sound in nosebleed seats history. I got another one for you. I just want to throw it. Now, f*** off, Gilbrand. He's in the ring of honor now, and you just completely slandered that, that poor old soul. I love Gil. I don't like his running backs list. And you know what's even worse is now, yeah, he is going to be in the ring of honor next to the man he slandered on his list. That freaking fossil, Gilbrand. F*** you. All right. Wow, that was a little harder than mine. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Gil. We do love you, Gil. It's all in good fun. We think that you're incredible. We love you, but f*** you. So we say to our best friends. Of course. You're my best friend. Oh, boy. Well, Eric. Yeah. What are you thinking? Cowboys win on Thanksgiving? Dude, if they lose this game, then you burn the house down. You burn the whole thing down. Garrett doesn't know what the hell he's... If you lose this game at home on Thanksgiving, riding this two-game victory with the division on the line and the the world at your in your palm, you deserve to lose your job. So Cowboys get the victory, 31-12, freaking domination. It's over by half, motherfucker. I love it. Music to my ears. Go Cowboys. Happy Thanksgiving. This will be our only episode of the week. We apologize. There won't be a football Friday due to Thanksgiving schedule conflicts. But it's going to be all right, everyone. Thanksgiving will come. We'll be blessed with football. We'll be blessed with another great weekend of football. And we'll be back next week to talk all about it. That's the best. We are the Nosebleed Seats. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo. God bless you all. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Go Cowboys! Come boys. Now f*** off, Gilbrand.